I'm Darrell Baskin. You're listening to the Future of Real Estate on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's news and talk. Remember to find your next home at HomeGuideTulsa.com. One address, thousands of homes, HomeGuideTulsa.com. Ukraine and Airbnb. I don't know if maybe you've caught some of the news reports or something on social media that says, hey, what a great idea to rent or reserve a Ukrainian Airbnb and not stay there. And that's putting money back in the hands of Ukrainians. Well, I thought that sounded like a great idea. And so I started to explore and I asked one of our local Airbnb experts, Bridget Brick, for some insight, maybe some conversation of other perspectives and how effective this may or may not be. Bridget, welcome to the program. Give us give us some perspective of what you see is good or bad about this. Well, I'll wear two hats in answering this question. One is from a basic political economy standpoint, and the other is from uh, as an Airbnb pro host. On the political economy side of things, when there's a war, currency is devalued. So... Um, Looking at specifically the, the Ukrainian Hervinia right now, it's fallen dramatically over the past year. And that's their currency, Correct. Hervinia. Correct. Okay. And as of yesterday, the currency fell 30%. So to put that into some perspective, one U.S. dollar is worth three cents um, in, in their currency today. Yeah, and this is similar to the, the Russian currency, correct? It is in, in terms of, well, that's... <laughs> I, I know I'm I know I'm inserting some more complexity to the whole thing because there's a lot of uh, economic sanctions and things that are taking place, but uh, the relationship to the dollar is extraordinarily Low. different. Yeah, correct. And so what? But what happens then in terms of war? And this is what we're seeing specifically in the in the Ukraine with their currency falling falling as I said thirty percent yesterday, is you that's also followed by hyperinflation. Banks are printing money to support their own internal war efforts. Um, so that's all the economical side of things. Politically, there's also, as we all know, with nation states, that our currency is part of our national identity. So the oppressor doesn't want the local currency to maintain its presence within the economy because, you know, there's usually uh, the faces of people that are are, are not really um, relevant to the regime that's coming into power. And so there's, a, there's that kind of a, a political side of it as well. On the superhost part of me that's speaking about this is just looking at what that really means for Airbnb. So, superhost being the status of your account. You're uh, a superhost sure. on the L- Airbnb platform is someone who is um, extraordinarily uh, high reviewed, uh, has certain communication. Uh, it's just uh, it's based awards on your of sorts. Yeah. Sure, sure. So uh, nearly eight years in the Tulsa market as an Airbnb host and and as many years prior to that in the state of California, I've done this for a very long time. So, But just as an understanding of how Airbnb works, let's say today I was to get on the platform and I was going to book um, uh, with a host in the Ukraine for t- starting tomorrow. And I'm going to book with them, let's say, for a week. So what that really means is that tomorrow, after the date, the time of my check-in, Airbnb is going to release my funds to the host, which takes between three and five days for them to receive it. With the current falling currency, 
a week from now, what is the Ukrainian dollar going to be worth? Okay, so there's that part of it. The second part of it is, is that's also a one and done. You've now taken up their calendar, and sure, they're going to consider it a third party, what's called a third party booking, because they're going to allow refugees to stay in their listing. But it's ba it's booked under your account. So what does that mean? That means that they can't book it again, and you are on the hook for it. So let's say they file damage claim on that booking. Um, that goes against you, and you're involved now in a process. It's required as the booking uh, guest, it's required that you are the person that they have to originally come after. Is any of that going to happen? I, there's no way of really knowing. We don't know anybody. To say that all the people in the Ukraine are well-intentioned um, would be ridiculous. No no group of people are all well-intentioned. Isn't, isn't Airbnb promoting this? What Airbnb has done is they have waived guest and host fees on the platform. To my in knowledge, your, in, in the Ukraine, yeah. they, to my knowledge, they are not promoting people booking with the intention of never staying. That would actually go against Airbnb's terms of service. And I see this with this wave of this. Obviously, this is a publicly held company now. People start filing claims against stays and all. I don't see Airbnb endorsing it, endorsing it, or allowing it to happen for very long. I would actually see it more commonly that they would shut down bookings outside of uh, outside of the Ukraine, saying you can't even book there right now. So, so then other people are saying, well, then book it and cancel it. Well, unless the host in in the Ukraine has a has a super strict cancellation policy, as soon as you cancel it, you're going to get your money back. So it's defeated the whole purpose of trying to help these people. So, the but do you have a do you have a solution then? I mean, well, if this has gone socially social media viral. Correct. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of thought that's really gone into it. It sounds like a great idea. I was certainly I called you about it because I said, uh, let's talk about this. What does this look like? Yeah, it makes us feel good to do something. Nobody, you know, good people. Uh, want to do something. They want to help and they want to feel like they're helping. And it sounds good to say, hey, I'm going to bypass the government or the NGOs, the non-government. But where's the money going and is it effective? Well, right. And so is is that effective? So in, instead, I mean, the three things we have to really look at in, in wartime crises are keeping food, water, shelter, clothing on the backs of people, meeting medical needs, which are, are elevated and, and hospitals are always disrupted when there's bombing, et cetera. And thirdly, protecting the most vulnerable citizens in that community from human trafficking because children are separated from parents, um, people, the protections are not there for the most vulnerable and human trafficking always rises in these incidences. So, you know, my suggestion is always, you know, right now I've given my dollars both to the UN Refugee Agency and to UNICEF. Um, Catholic uh, Charities is also doing a lot of work in the Ukraine, uh, helping local hospitals there, and also helping to place people in the U.S. by booking Airbnbs, for instance, and long-term rentals here in the U.S. to house Ukrainian refugees here. So those would be some of the ways that I would recommend looking at, whether it's your you've got $5 or $5,000, making your U.S. dollar have the biggest bang for its buck and actually help the people who, who are in need. There are more than a million refugees in the Ukraine right now, and that is growing every single day. Interesting perspective, and uh, always good to have you, Bridget. Thank Thanks, Daryl.
You're listening to the Market Experts Show with the HP Realty. I'm Daryl Baskin.